Hey, as you're coming back, uh, just a couple things. Obviously, um, as I mentioned earlier, we are only meeting once a month throughout the summer. And so that means we're meeting today. And so you made it. We're also doing an evening gathering on these uh, once a month summer gatherings. And then uh, we won't be meeting again until July 21st is the next date that we'll be gathering here on Sunday, both in the morning and the evening, and then August 25th. So again, it's our hope that you would do everything you can, like you did today, uh, to get here and just connect and see how everybody's doing and have the opportunity to make that happen. We also want you to know that there are some other things that we uh, have planned and are planning uh, upcoming for these summer months as well, just to stay connected or just have some fun summertime things going on in our lives. And so if you're interested in those things, we'd encourage you to sign up or make sure you're signed up for our CMYK email newsletter. Uh, that can uh, There's a sign-up sheet on the back window bar back there by the coffee and water. So you can just give us your name and email. We'll make sure you're on that. Or you can just go to our website at cmykchurch.com and sign up there. The opportunity is we've got things like a picnic coming up. We're going to be going camping uh, in August. And so and it, it's just kind of a all skate. Everybody's welcome to come if you want to be a part of that. Uh, for the picnic coming up in a couple weeks, uh, we're going to be having some activities. I believe that there's going to be uh, croquet. And uh, if you've never played that, uh, you got to try it. I will probably destroy you at it. So welcome. Bring it on. Uh, but uh, that's going to be happening along with uh, some great food and things like that. So all the details will be found in that email or on social media or website as well. So make sure to uh, just stay connected on that level because we hope to see you at these different events. All right, this morning, uh, what I want to do and what I want to do over the course of these summer gatherings is I want to jump into a series of talks uh, that may seem um, basic on some levels, like why are we talking about this? Uh, But for me, has been uh, one of the most significant and profound things when it comes to my own spiritual journey, uh, deconstruction and reconstruction, and learning to approach this concept in a different way, and how helpful it's been for me personally and the way that I interact and see the world around me. And the series that we're jumping into this morning is simply entitled Reworking Prayer. And I want to ask the question this morning and through this series, is prayer something that can quote-unquote work in your life and in my life? Because prayer is an incredibly divisive thing. It's an incredibly polarizing thing. What I mean by that is there are people probably in this room that would see prayer as a vital part of who you are. A vital part of your day is to introduce this discipline or this work of prayer into who you are. And there are others of us in this room, whether it's something you grew up with or have never experienced before, it is not a part of your life at all. You don't ever think, like, I should really stop and pray about that. It's actually someone else that forces you to potentially do that or be around this thing called prayer because it's just not who you are or what you do, that there's these two polar opposites. For some of us, prayer is something that happens before every single meal, whether you need it or not. You're going to stop and you're going to pray no matter where you are. And for others of us, prayer is this thing like, like, oh, we're doing that <laughs> because this is uncomfortable and weird and awkward. And the waitress is going to come up and we're going to be praying. And I don't think that this is like get in the prayer quick before she comes back with the water kind of thing. That it's this uncomfortable thing. I'm like, ah, do we got to do that? For some, prayer is something that has, has triggered something in your life potentially. That you look at an activity that took place. Maybe it was a healing. Maybe it was a change in circumstances, a change in emotion, a change in relationship that took place. And the thing that you would point at is prayer. The reason that this is better, the reason that everything has changed is because of prayer. And for others, prayer is potentially this thing that you have spent hours, so many emotions and energy and time praying for a change, 
change in relationship, a change in how things are go, a healing in nothing. And so there's this part of you that thinks, man, why? Why, why would I go through that if it's not going to change or do anything? For some, prayer is an incredibly vital part of healthy spirituality. And for others, prayer is seen as one of the most destructive, potentially destructive things happening in a Christian culture. Because prayer is something that I think we have to understand at its most base level. It's a tool. It's something that's inviting us to see an enhancement of our life, our spirituality, our interaction with the things around us. And just like any tool, it has the opportunity when used appropriately, yes, to help, to create, to be a beautiful work. A hammer is something that if you use it properly, you can make a lot of really interesting, cool stuff because of the aid of the hammer in your hand. But as we all know, a hammer can also be used in such a way to be one of the more destructive, hurtful, painful things. And rather than build something up, it's just destroying and breaking and wrecking things because it's a tool that's used in that way. Prayer. The question for me particularly over these last few years of my life in Reconstruction, is asking the question, can prayer be something that is used in a beautiful way that it actually enhances? Can it work to enhance my life and interaction with the world around me? Or is it potentially just this tool that is used for destruction over and over and over again, that when kids are murdered on a school ground, the response is, we're going to pray about it. And yet it keeps happening and happening and happening. That feels like a destructive response if we continue to see the same thing happen and happen and happen. Again, is this really the tool that we need to use in this moment to fix this problem? Stories that we hear regularly in our nation and around the world of parents that have a sick kid or are going through some sort of illness, that the technology, the medicine is there to fix it, to heal that child in pain, and, and the responses of a parent is, no, we're going to use this tool of prayer, and it's going to fix it. It feels very destructive when that child passes away. Again, multiple stories when that child passes away, when that person continues to live in pain, when there's things happening in a relationship that are not okay. And rather than actually maybe grabbing another tool and trying to deal with it in another way, the process is, well, we're going to pray about this. And the relationship continues to deal hurt and pain and injustice and problems between each other. Can prayer work? Or is it a tool that, like the, the, all the tools of yore in some way, we just need to set it down and go get a power drill because we don't need that tool anymore. We have evolved and we have progressed as humanity that we don't need this ancient thing like we did before. Or is it something that can truly enhance the world around you? I think for me, understanding that prayer is some sort of tool and then to understand, okay, so how do I typically or how do we typically approach this tool of prayer and see it used in our life? And I think the reality is, as most of us would probably see, prayer is usually found uh, used in two scenarios or used as a tool for two different things. The first and foremost, the prayer is typically used on this, uh, on this level of petition. The prayer is you asking for something, seeking something, and you desire that thing. And so prayer is this tool for you to get the thing that you desire, particularly in this relationship with God. And so for many of us, this is probably what prayer has been growing up in any sort of religion or church, that you find yourself saying, I want this to be different and to change, so I'm petitioning God to come through and make it better, to heal, to make right, 
to change it, to change their heart and mind, whatever it is. The prayer is you seeking that. But the problem is, is if prayer is simply this tool of petitioning God for things, what happens when you don't get the things that you're petitioning for? All of a sudden, there's some really interesting questions that are involved with that. Because does it mean that you're praying the wrong words? And so some of us have spent our time and energy trying to pray better words, different words, reading books on prayer. For others of us, it's, okay, if I'm not getting what I want, I need to pray more. I need to, you know, introduce time into the equation. And so the more and more time and energy that I spend to it, maybe it's emotion. I need to introduce this. Because prayer as petition is just trying to figure out what sort of buttons do I need to hit to get the thing that I want. Particularly when we have stories and individuals that we can look out and see, there are people that seems like they pray, they say the words, they do the thing, and they get what they want. And so then that introduces some really interesting questions. So apparently it's me. Apparently there's this God that loves them, is for them, and is just, yeah, yeah, you want to, you know, get all green lights on the way to work? You got it. But then there's me that's praying and seeking God. There's a, like a, a literal death in front of me. There's cancer. And I, I don't want to see that as a part of this story. And nothing. What do you do with that? Is it that God is just indifferent? Is it that God has a different plan and I just don't know it? So what? you would think some sort of loving God would say, well, here's the plan, just so you know, so I don't have to spend all this time and energy trying to pray to see nothing happen. Prayer's petition breaks down quickly as a pretty problematic tool. I think the second place that we see prayer is, it's connected with that first one, is some sort of performance. That it's an opportunity for you to do something for the sake of someone else or something else. And so again, when it's prayers, petition, we're trying to perform for God. We're trying to say these words or jump through these hoops to try and get the things that we want. But many times what we can experience is we're not even actually believing that we're going to get the things that we want. We're just jumping through some hoops because it's expected of us as some kind of performance. How many of us have been in a room? Maybe it was you here this morning praying the Lord's Prayer together. And there's this part of you that's like, there is no part of me that would be doing this on any level. And I see zero beauty or significance out of these words coming out of my mouth or the person next to me. But I'm simply doing it because the people around me expect it of me. We see prayer as performance. How many of us have found ourselves in a place where it's, an ex- it's expected that you are going to, excuse me, pray for a meal or pray for a moment? It's put on me a lot because I'm the pastor. And the m- number of times that I found myself praying, and I'm not thinking about, I'm not worried about any of the words that I'm praying at all. All I'm worried about is like, oh, did my dad hear that one? That was a good statement. That was a good phrase. Like, this prayer rocks. Are you guys hearing this? Like a guitar soloist going and like, yeah, check this out. That I'm praying and I'm doing it thinking about what others are thinking of me in the moment. Or how many of us have heard someone else pray? And again, we're not engaged with, we're not seeking anything out of this prayer. And all we're doing is we're thinking, man, that guy's really good. That's a good prayer. He's still going. Like, it's been 20 minutes. And the guy, this is incredible, you know. It's some sort of performance. Again, is there a part of us that needs to look at this tool and go, okay, I don't know that that's really helpful or good. The numbers of times that I've been in environments and spaces. I remember when, when uh, I was in high school being at a concert. They brought this uh, girl in a wheelchair up on the stage. 
and the the lead singer of the band, who I really enjoyed at the time, uh, is in this place of trying to convince everybody in the room, we're going to pray. And what needs to happen is we all really, 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 really need to believe that this can happen. And the, the, the lead singer of the band praying, and nothing happens. And being left as a, as a student, as a kid, going, okay, someone in this room didn't believe. <laughs> Who didn't believe? What's their problem? And then to look at it as an adult and say, we're just going into this thing assuming that we don't believe anything is going to come from this. How backwards is that? We're going to use this tool, but we're just assuming going into it that the base of using this tool is that it's not going to work, but we should pick it up again and again and again and again and again. Can prayer work? For me, as I've, I've, I personally have found myself in a place of setting down this idea of prayer is just petition, or prayer is some kind of performance, and saying that tool is not helpful for me. And so I can just set it down. I can be around other people that are praying. That's fine. But then to then relook at, okay, is there something potentially that I am missing? Some element in my life that could be enhanced because of this thing called prayer. And the more time and energy that I spent on it, the more, I, I mean, I, the energy that I put behind looking into Scripture, reading texts, and trying to, trying to really wrestle with this for myself personally. There are some things that started to come alive and some questions that uh, I'd like to ask this morning about how you would see prayer and the potential, I hope and I believe, is that wherever you are within your spiritual journey, wherever you are in your belief or even in unbelief, whatever kind of label you would put on yourself this morning, it's my belief that there is an opportunity to pick this thing called prayer up and see your life and the world around you better because of it. And for me, it's found... When I look at what's actually happening in these different moments throughout Scripture, particularly in the teachings and the life of Christ, there's this moment in, in the Gospel of John where Jesus has some really big, grandiose language. And when we really look at what he's saying, it doesn't, the stakes don't get much bigger than what he communicates here in John 15. That's what it says. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. It says, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus is not done he says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown on the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Whew, that's a lot. Now, here's what's significant about this text. As I said earlier, the stakes are high for what Jesus is talking about here. There is, a, there is this invitation that Jesus is bringing that for us to accept this invitation, for us to see and understand what he's talking about, there are a lot of things at stake. Next slide. What we see Jesus saying is he's talking about this is how you bear fruit in your life. You want more fruit? You want to see more good things out of your life? This is how you do it. You want to find yourself not cut off from the divine? Well, this is how you do it. You want to see that there is 
potential to find what you actually desire and want in life, this is how you do it. You want to find glory? You want to find love? You want to find joy? This is how you do it. These are crazy stakes. This is not some small, insignificant thing that Jesus is bringing to the table, but he's saying this is what's at stake. And what's the word that's used over and over and over and over and over again to see these things happen? Abide. To remain with. Now, for many of us, when we look at this idea of remaining with or abiding in the Father, abiding in God, abiding in Christ, abiding in the divine, whatever it is, the potential is for us to see God as some old man in the sky. And so if we have this understanding that what we find ourselves doing is trying to find spaces where we believe that old man in the sky can see us or we're in some sort of unique special relationship in that moment. So it's going to a church service. It's prayer. It's setting aside something and praying some words and believing that there's this interaction happening. And for others of us, you know, it's reading the Bible, it's listening to some kinds of music, whatever it is, and we feel like we are connecting with this old man otherly presence up in the sky. As we've talked about uh, many times as a CMYK community, there is a deeper understanding of who God is than some old man in the sky. But to see God, this divine presence, mystery, as just the essence and beauty of love, To see, as Paul Tillich would say, that there is this ground of all being that's a part of who we are and a part of the fabric of the world and universe around us. There's this thread that is deep. It is good. It is true. It is beautiful. And whatever that is, this is the divine. This is God. In other words, it is not something out there somewhere, but something to be experienced here now in this moment, this breath. There is something divine. And what is Jesus saying? To abide, to remain in what is good, true, and beautiful. To remain in this ground of all being. To remain in what is deep, what is ancient, what has been. To remain in what is and to remain in what will be. To find yourself there. The stakes are high. And this, for me, is where prayer becomes something of a tool. Because I know my tendency to be distracted and to not see and sense there is this love, this mystery, this thing that cannot be contained, that cannot be fully understood, fully grasped, this thing that is outside of me and my bias and my thoughts or ideas or political leanings. And just take a deep breath And for prayer to not be something where I'm seeking to see something happen. In fact, Jesus even comes against it in that text in John. He says, you are already clean. In other words, if you're coming, if you're showing up to the door asking for something, it's already happened. He says, you've already heard my words. You have everything that you need in this moment, in this breath, to abide, to be present, to be centered with and in the divine. And so that's the invitation. And so all of a sudden, prayer becomes less about performance. Prayer becomes less about some kind of petition. And prayer, for me, has become about a posture that I'm choosing to take in my life. Now, it might be an interesting word, but posture has been an important one for me because posture is something that I think we all know as grown adults. You can have good posture, and it impacts every aspect of your life. To have good posture, it takes away, you know, it can help take away a lot of joint pain. 
can help take away back pain. To have good posture helps you breathe better. It helps your core strength. It can help you sleep better. It can take away headaches to have good posture. It's a good thing. And on top of all of that, having good posture, you just look taller. Why would you not have good posture? There are all these things that come when you and I are aware of the posture that we're holding ourselves in in the world compared to slouching over and seeing what that brings about. If prayer is an invitation into posture, for me, all of a sudden, it's not necessarily something that I'm doing and trying to receive back. It's simply asking the question, how am I holding myself in this moment? How am I choosing to perceive me and the world around me? And prayer becomes this tool to help center and to abide in something good, true, and beautiful. So you take this idea that Jesus presents, known as the Lord's Prayer, and he opens it up with this. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are the opening lines. And for me, the transition has been, okay, if this is about posture, and this is not about petition trying to get something, and this is not about performance, then all of a sudden what this prayer becomes is an invitation not to just say some words because that's what I'm supposed to say, but to ask the question, what kind of posture am I inviting myself to take through these kinds of words? What's behind these words that I would need to stop and breathe deep and reposition myself in the world? To see that our Father in heaven, that God is in, that Jesus is inviting us to see, there is something divine, mysterious, there is love, and you name whatever you want to name, but there's something more here. And to just start there by addressing and realizing, I don't grasp all of this. Which is why he says, hallowed be your name. I can't contain it. It isn't just found in me. I'm not the center of truth and what's right and belief and how to go about this. I don't know everything. This love is bigger than me. And then to understand that there is this posture of saying, and this love, this divine, this good, true, beautiful, this ground of all being, It's my hope that today and this moment would see more of that in how I choose to exist and go about. Your kingdom come, your will be done. May love's kingdom come. May love's will be done. May beauty come. May goodness be done to position myself, to posture myself in such a way to say, this is what I want to see in this moment, in this day. And prayer has become an opportunity for me to look at this statement, this opening line, and to really kind of play a mix and match and ask the question, okay, how do I need, how do I need to posture myself? And there are many moments that I've experienced where I can't pray, Father, you are in heaven, just because of where I am in that moment. But I can pray, love, I believe that you're here. I find myself in moments of despair, frustration, angst, tired, whatever it is, to just stop and say, there's, there's mystery here. This isn't all that there is. I don't grasp and understand everything, but it's my hope that I would see what is good, true, and beautiful. Amen. All of a sudden, my posture is a little bit different in how I'm choosing to interact with the relationships, the world around me, and 
myself. My hope is that you would be somebody that is aware of your posture. You would be aware of how you're holding yourself in this world. Because bad posture is something that many of us don't even realize that we have it. And we experience these aches and pains. We don't sleep very good. We have headaches. Our breath is short. All of these things are happening until someone comes in and says, hey, maybe you should hold your head up, shoulders back a little bit, have a little bit better posture, and that can help these things. For me, prayer is one of those things that I find myself in moments where I'm spiritually slouching. I'm in despair. I'm in frustration. I'm jealous. My ego has taken control. I'm prideful. I find myself angry. And then to find this work of just reposturing and repositioning myself and breathing deep and saying, okay, okay, okay. All of a sudden, prayer has become this tool that matters. And actually, I would say, is so vital and significant and important for my life and how I see myself and how I see the world around me, how I see my day. I'm sorry for the visual, but I pray in the shower every single morning. And it's this opportunity for me to just stop and to breathe deep and to just position myself for what I'm about to experience that day. As we close this morning... I don't know if this is helpful or not at all, but I'm, I'm just kind of, kind of peeling back the covers a little bit and saying this is how I go about this opening prayer. And if this is helpful for you, great. If not, it, it might just look like confusion or some sort of math problem that you're like, okay, then feel free to check out. But as we close this morning, I want to invite you to spend some time posturing yourself and to use this tool of prayer to ask what kind of posture you're taking is how you see yourself, the world around you, and how you choose to interact with today. And to do that, what's been helpful for me is, again, everything is interchangeable. And so I just, I just kind of have this list that I go through that all these different ideas, all biblical ideas of what words and ideas we can bring to God and the divine. So to just pray, sometimes I just need to pray, reality, you are here. <laughs> Because I don't feel like I'm dealing in reality. And it's a little chaotic. And so I just need to reposition myself and say, reality, you are here. And then to move into your kingdom come, your will be done. May we find your way. May we not miss this. Whatever it is. And so for me, prayer is this opportunity to stop and reposition and posture myself and not worry about the words or the language, but to try and find, okay, what kind of reposturing and repositioning do I need to take for me to interact with this world in a more beautiful way? So this morning, we're going to just play a song, as we always do, and I'm going to leave this up there. And if it's helpful, great. If not, that's fine. And maybe you're on that page that prayer is just, that's too much. I'm out. I don't want anything to do with it then you are welcome to take a nap for the next minute or two. But then for us to close our time this morning with this table. This table is something that has been at the center of the Christian faith, just like prayer has been from day one. And just like prayer is a tool to uh, posture ourselves in a certain way, that this table would be that invitation as well. And the posture is that these kinds of ideas and these kinds of things, we are not alone and you are not alone in wrestling with and thinking through and processing this morning. But that we are together 
on this planet. We are together in this room. We are together in relationship. We eat of the same bread. We drink of the same cup. And we are to be found as one, that there's something beautiful there this morning to reposture and reposition ourselves. So we're going to give you a minute. And whenever you're ready, and, and I, I really mean we're going to give you a minute, so feel free to take a minute or two. And then whenever you're ready, feel free to come forward, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and for us to um, posture ourselves in a way that would enhance and would help us see ourselves in the world around us in a more beautiful way. Whenever you're ready. Love. It is my belief that you are here. May we see more, experience deeper, create beauty, that that would be our posture in this world. God, many of us in this room know what it's like to... um, carry poor posture, and some of us have carried that when it comes to our spirituality and our interaction with the divine and mystery and beauty, Um, that we can just kind of become frumpy with it, and we carry anger, we carry bitterness and unforgiveness, we carry disconnection, and... um, I am so grateful that Christ has invited us to breathe deep and take a posture to be open once again, to be receiving, to have our eyes and ears open to what is happening, reality in and around us, and to point our days and our minds and our moments towards things that matter, things of significance. Some of us carry a posture of uh, regret, Some of us carry a posture that we are less than, we are not as significant, not as important. And it's my hope that we as a community and this tool of prayer would be an opportunity to elevate and to bring up and say, no, there's value in who you are. Hold your shoulders back and your head high because you matter and are significant. And that prayer would be a tool to help us do that collectively. We love you. In the name of Christ, we pray and we say together, amen. Uh, So uh, next month, we're going to be kind of looking at the next chunk of the Lord's Prayer and and the way that that kind of posture uh, has been helpful for uh, me and for us. So um, thank you so much for being here this morning. And um, as always, if there's anything that we can do for you, please, please, please let us know. That's why we exist. That's why we get together. And, you know, not meeting every week for me is just a, a continual reminder of, you know, I just really love to be in community and connection with uh, all of you in this room. And so um, part of that is just, you know, being willing to share what's going on and how, how can we help one another. Also want to invite you, uh, if for whatever reason you want to be a part of the CMYK community on a financial level, as always, we've got giving boxes on your way out or you can give uh, online. 
at our website. Um, this is our opportunity as a community to collectively say this kind of work matters and to financially put uh, some money behind it that we can continue to do the things that we're doing and hopefully see more uh, beautiful things and more giving come out of this community to those in need around us. So thanks to you that's already a part of that. Other than that, have a great, great Father's Day. And dads, enjoy your naps because that's what we all get to do now, right? Everybody gets a nap uh, and uh, have barbecues, whatever it is, have a great time. And uh, we hope to see you at the picnic in a couple weeks or definitely in July uh, 21st when we meet here. So thanks, everybody.